This is the BBC. Welcome to the Shakespeare Sessions, where we bring you a mix of Shakespeare's iconic plays, plus conversations and documentaries that explore the Bard's life and work. In My Own Shakespeare, our favourite people introduce us to the moments of Shakespeare that they don't want us to miss. Stephen Fry. Falstaff was a sort of symbol of an old England that was disappearing. A new kind of thought was coming into the world, a new kind of, if you like, scientific, rather more political way of thinking. And it was, as it were, a goodbye to the Maypole and a green merry England that, although we can be rather sentimental about, Falstaff really absolutely... He gigantically symbolised it. He, he stood astride an England that was all about getting slightly too drunk, not being very responsible, being old-fashioned and hearty and very, very funny. He's in Arthur's bosom, if ever man went to Arthur's bosom. I made a finer end and went away, and it had been any Christom child. I parted even just between twelve and one, even at the turning of the tide. After I saw him fumble with the sheets and play with flowers and smile upon his fingers' ends, I knew there was but one way, for his nose was as sharp as a pen and a babbled of green fields. Now that line, babbled of green fields, has penetrated the consciousness of British poetry ever since. It's something quite marvellous. He was, he was babbling because he was just delirious on his deathbed, but he was also saying goodbye to an England. So I bade me lay more clothes on his feet. I put my hand into the bed and felt them, and they were as cold as any stone. And I felt to his knees, and they were as cold as any stone. And so upward, and upward, and all was as cold as any stone. Shakespeare, although intellectuals adore him and reverence him, his heart is in cakes and ale. It's in, it's in the green fields of England, it's in the countryside, and it's the same England as the merry greenwood of Robin Hood, and it can easily be laughed at. But the, 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 the dark forces of Italian Machiavellianism and of politics and of, a, you know, the new learning casts all in doubt, as John Donne said. And I think Shakespeare was aware of that. And his later plays, Macbeth and characters like that, are darker, darker figures. And Falstaff is dead. And he was fumbling with his sheets and babbling of green fields. Hilary Mantel. I first discovered an extract from the play Julius Caesar when I was eight years old in a school book and it made the most terrific impression on me. It was Act 3, Scene 2. After Caesar is dead, Brutus speaks to the mob on behalf of the conspirators, gets them on his side. And then Mark Antony shows Caesar's mangled body to the crowd. And in one speech, he turns them around 90 degrees, 
so that they're now against the conspirators and go about the city looking for them to kill them. And what this speech does, this speech that begins, if you have tears, prepare to shed them now. It's a sort of political primer. It's a handbook of political manipulation. It sums up almost everything in one scene that you need to know about the political process, either in a democracy or an autocracy. If you have tears, prepare to shed them now. You all do know this mantle. I remember the first time ever Caesar put it on. It was on a summer's evening in his tent. That day he overcame the Nervii. Look, in this place ran Cassius' dagger through. See what a rent the envious Casca made. Through this, the well-beloved Brutus stabbed, and as he plucked his cursed steel away, mark how the blood of Caesar followed it. For Brutus, as you know, was Caesar's angel. Judge, O you gods, how dearly Caesar loved him. Then, when I was about ten, of course, Julius Caesar was the play I read first. I think that it really set the direction of my future life, my interests. Everything that I myself would try to be as a writer. This is the BBC.